Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to New York Talk again. Thank you very much for being with us. Tonight is the preview of West Bush Albion. Uh, the away days resume after the break. Yeah. Uh, after a terrible restart to the season. Can it get any worse? We will We will find out on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> um, nice positive start. Mick is with us. How are you doing, Michael? I'm all right, mate. You? Uh, very, very good. Very good. Danny, thank you for with us as well. How are you doing, Danny? I'm all right, thank you very much. I've just finished all of my um, scheduled seminars for Christmas, so happy days. Christmas is here for Danny, is what you're yes. saying. <laughs> yes. Very good. Uh, yeah, thank you all for being with us. And I said we're all going to talk about any r- r- latest news we can find. We've got Scar Report returning um, at about half half an hour into the episode. We all be finding out a bit more from the West Bromwich Albion side. And yeah. We'll see what happens over the next hour or so. Ball footing games. Um, we want to start the episode by saying a big thank you to Athletic Green, who continually support the show. Um, as as we mentioned in the past, they are a nutritional, uh, essentially an energy drink, but a more natural energy drink than you would find in your monsters and Red Bull and things such as that. Uh, they're a multivitamin drink with the AG1, which helps your body absorb up to 75 vitamins and minerals. Um I always come to Mick because I think it's fun. Uh, we know Ben highly recommends it. That's obvious because Ben, but Ben's not here. Um, Mick, as our athletic green spokesperson, uh, tell everybody about how amazing it is. Well, I mean, um, as was determined on Twitter last night, Matthew, uh, I am old. Uh, <laughs> I use it, and I've still got energy. So, what can I say? Um, it's very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Yeah. Well, the good thing is when you get a subscription, you get the vitamin D, years worth of vitamin D supply. And as we know during the winter months, there's lack of vitamin D going around. Um, <laughs> so that's that's one of the, that's another plus point of the, those. And to make it easier, Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of the vitamin D, immune support vitamin D, and also free, free five free travel packs uh, on your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Rotherham, which allows you to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you very much. Um, so we've got YouTube user with us. Uh, good evening, Terry Fenneby, Harvey Kelwick. Uh, Chris Page says, evening, Xmas New Year game. New game's four away, only one at home. Odd. Yes. That is a little bit odd, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I just want to sample everybody next week. This episode next week is our Christmas special. Um, <laughs> we'll be doing a Christmas quiz, Christmas nonsense. That's our... I can't promise it'll be as good as last Christmas. When we had Alison on and then Dan Barsa turned up. Can't promise that. <laughs> but we are working on one or two certain things, which hopefully will make it a very special episode as we celebrate Christmas. Um, so get your quiz 
practice for quizzes, basically, for next next Thursday's episode. I still can't believe that Dan Ballas had joined us from a car park. That were incredible. That were a classic <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, um, but live with uh, with Alison, like, oh, Dan wants to join as well. It's like, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, who knows? The similar, similar thing may happen. I don't know. We will see what Christmas, see what Father Christmas brings um, <laughs> a few days before the big day. See what it can, see what it can do for us. Um, so, yeah, we've got a couple of bits to talk about tonight on the Rotherham uh, United scene. But let's start with sort of the good news of the day, real Danny. Uh, Hamish Douglas. Um, as a youngster signed a, well, a two-year contract has come through what what's pre-academy? What, what do they call it? It's not the academy, is it? They call it the scholar scholarship program. They have. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like, a second-year scholar. Um, these contracts, interestingly, normally take place in the summer. They normally decide in the summer that they're going to sign three players up and we go from there. So there must be real sort of excitement and promise, Danny, that we decided to sign him up now just to make sure it's all done and dusted. He's clearly impressed this with the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, Matt Taylor <clears throat> trusted him well enough to bring him into the senior squad for the Sheffield United game, just as a cover mm. option. And by the sounds with it, as he has been working quite closely with the first team. I think he went out to Cyprus and he's already took that step up to first team training. Mm. Um, and from what I read in the article the club put out, he's been deployed as a centre-back rather mm. than... A midfield like he came through the scholarship and the academy set up as a midfielder, uh, but he's dropped back to be a centre back, and it looks like he's just cracked on from there and is a real asset at the back. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're good enough, you're old enough, effectively. Mm. Well, into you know, you see some of the best players coming through at like 16 or 17 at the bigger clubs, and if Matt Taylor's seen that special something in Hamish, then fair play to him. I think it is, um early, like the club said in the article, to bring him through at 17, like he's normally 18, and then that's when they signed the senior deal, like we've seen it with Mackenzie Warren, uh, even with Ben Wales as well, and with Jake Hall, but with Hamish at 17, if he's good enough, we've offered him the contract, and he's accepted it, and that's a lad who's more or less fresh out of GCSE, he's now being a professional footballer, so he's better play for him. Yeah. He said it in on the website that he's basically now he's, he's got the he's got the dream, but the hard work starts here. He's got the dream as a professional footballer. He's, he's, he's sort of been he's literally been paid for a job. I wonder, Mick, if it's a signal from Matt Taylor that because because during his time at Exeter, I know I think their academy is probably a little bit better set up than ours, but he was known for bringing players through the academy. Mm. Do you think this is a signal right? He's going to look a bit more a bit more closely at the academy where where possible and a bit, show a bit more faith in the in the kids, basically. I think you'd be foolish as a manager not to, wouldn't you? Um, you you would as a manager, surely you would be keeping an extremely close eye on what's happening in there, um, and 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 likewise with the recruitment team uh, to, to to get in the right the right kids into the academy as well. So uh, it, it can only be a positive. Um, you know, but if you can, if you're able to bring players through, get them on professional contracts, even if they move them on, even if they sold on at a later date, you know, you, you benefit from that. So um, I, I don't know whether there's any difference between uh, the way Matt Taylor looks at it and the way the previous regime looked at it. I'm not sure, um, but uh, yeah, it can only be a good thing, can't it? Yeah, I agree, completely agree. Uh, Terry Fen- Terry Fenby, sorry, apologies, says well done to Hamish. Good name as well. I don't know why. I just think that's a very Is he Scottish? Sorry, come on. Is he Scottish? I assume so. I, I assume he's got a Scottish heritage. It's a very Scottish name, isn't it? There'll be some Scottish somewhere in that family, I would imagine. I would have thought this is something that may come up in in future. At the minute, unsurprisingly, on his first day as a professional footballer, there's not a great deal of information. <laughs> on, on, are you, on are you saying he's on a comprehensive Wikipedia page? It has yeah. not. No, wow. that should be the first thing he does. First thing he does is he should sort his own Wikipedia page out. I'll get his mum and dad to sort it out. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. I have no I have no information about that, but that's something we can keep an eye on going forward. We may or may not see him in the squad going forward. Who knows? Um, John Morrell says, since post-COVID, he's saying that all clubs need to look, need to look into the academies going forward. Yeah, they do. And we've already got a positive graduate with Ben Wiles, haven't we? And JJ. Mm-hmm. We forget about Josh Cody because he's not at the club anymore. He came through academy as well. So you've, that's already two players in the Football League from the academy. So it's a, 
it's positive, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Um, let's move on to some contract talk a little bit. Make, there's not been much contract update, really, but Chris Page just says here, we could be in trouble, he says, with both goalkeepers out of contract in the summer. Josh Vickers is still in contract uh, till the end of next season. We were correct on this a few weeks ago, and that's the reason I know that for certain. Um, so Josh Vickers is still in contract, which is a plus. Hopefully Victor signs it. Um, any issues with it, Mick, the timescale of everything? Matt Taylor was sort of non-committal from his, from his comments to Football Heaven, sort of what you expect, I suppose, at, at this time. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's on with it, isn't he? Uh, he's, he's made that perfectly clear. Um, and he's not going to do it to anybody else's timetable table other than himself, his own, um, or that of the players. So um, if, if it gets to April um, and, and Victor's still not signed, um, I've had an invite to Sweden, so we'll uh, pop across there and kidnap his dad until he does sign. I think he's probably <laughs> the um, is the way to do it. If, you, if you're listening to Bias, get your bags packed around about middle of April if uh, your boy's not signed. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, Danny, I'm going to put you in Matt Taylor's shoes now. They've got the five players out of contract that we all know. All have varying probably values that you could get in January or could not get in January. What would you do? So say we got to, let's, say, let's start with the 1st of January and nobody's signed a contract. Everybody's sort of still waiting. Bearing in mind they can talk to other clubs in January. What's your then protocol? Do you say, right, let's try and make a couple of quid. So we've got a transfer budget either in January or in the summer. Or do you just try and hold on as long as possible until the last second? I like how you've come to me with this one because I'm the other one who's met him face to face. That is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I mean, with with Dan Barlasser, I think we have to be a little bit clever with how we approach this because obviously with the quality that he's got, he is going to demand a fair bump up in wage. Isn't he? Mm. Like, you'd be silly not to see how good he is. But we've still got that 50% sell-on clause um, in um, written into his contract with Newcastle. So would it be worth cashing in in January for him if he doesn't sign a new deal? Like, I know there's been a little bit of a rumour from Middlesbrough. How true that is, I don't know. But you're not going to have clubs offering him more than a million for him, especially with upper end of championship quality, mid-table mid championship quality. <laughs> So I, th I think with other it's either he either signs a new contract or we might have to bite the bullet and let him see out this contract so that we get maximum return on him at least helping us stay up this season because mm -hmm. the most we could probably cash in would be 500k, 750k max that we'd get out of him, which to be fair, we could get with survival if we keep him in the squad. Mm -hmm. So that that's the only head scratcher. The other ones are... Um, if they don't sign it, then we'll look at moving them, moving them on in January and bringing somebody else in. Um, ben Wiles has got a 12-month option, so that's could be him getting a bigger move in the summer if, if we decide to activate that option. Fair enough. Wes Harding, that's an interesting one. That could be down to how comfortable he is here. Because um, you see more front plate, forward-facing players, shall we say, Getting the bigger moves in like your January is when it's towards the end of the contract with defenders, it's a different sort of ball game. Uh, who's the other one? Um, there's Victor, yeah, there's Victor, which again, that's down to personal choice. I think if if he wants to see out his contract here or if he's comfy and wants to renew his contract, that's fair enough. Um, but if he doesn't, we'll, we'll at least put the feelers out and see where we could get a little bit of cash for him from. But again, Victor's really happy here. You know, he's got a lot of connections here, including us. Hello, everybody. Um, so would you want to leave this beautiful podcast family, Victor? No, I don't think you would. <laughs> and you have to remember, <clears throat> getting my last shirt signed, I've already got his signature on that bit of contract paper. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it's, <clears throat> it's an interesting dilemma because it hasn't actually reached... Uh, the manager and chairman phase of those contracts yet, as far as I'm aware, at least from what's been reported, it's still in the Rob Scott domain of asking the agents, or at least putting the offer to the agents, what they think the um, a suitable offer is. And of course, you'll have the back and forth with the agents. Mm. And uh, just hopefully the club acts on what it said at the fans forum, where it said they need to be a bit more coy and clever with how they deal with agents. So hopefully they actually... <laughs> to to use a, a bit of a pun, put the money where the mouth is with that statement. You 
Exactly. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Phil Oxford says it's always better to have the money in the bank rather than gamble. Yeah. But then that's that goes both both ways, and it works from a player's point of view and on a, on a club's point of view. Um, yeah. Anything to add on that, Mick? It's not a gamble in terms of uh, certainly not in terms of Gambala so specifically. You know, if Middlesbrough don't come in with uh, enough money that to as much money as we could earn by staying up, which they're not going to do, then in my mind they were, we, we would be foolish to to let him go. Um, so, well, anyway, uh, it's not. It's, it, ultimately, it's all it's all conjecture from our point of view and and from from all sports point of view. Into everything we do is that. That's exactly what this podcast yeah. is. Absolutely, yeah. All we do, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm suspecting that by by the by the new year, there'll be some news one way or the other. Yeah, um, probably. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to West Brom, who we go to on Saturday afternoon. Um, we've only ever beaten West Brom twice. Um, that was in 2001, I think, and the last time was in 2004. A 1-0 win at the Hawthorns. Chris Sedgwick with the only goal of the game. Uh, love Sedgy. Um Let's do a ref watch as well, because we've got that up and ready to go. We have John Busby as the referee. He has only refereed us once, and that was three years ago, um, nice. which is strange. Um, he ref us in the 2 0 win at Ipswich, and I think it was Crooksy that scored twice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, ref us just the once. I've, he's, I've, I've put a left Bristol City up there, but he's never he's never managed, uh, never refereed West Brom either, which is quite curious to be honest with you. Um, is he new? No, he's been refereed for six years in the in the Championship in League One, so I can't work out why he's not ref us more. It's quite strange mm. to be honest with you. Um, don't know. Maybe he's a maybe he's a yo-yo ref and his yo-yoing's been opposite to us. I know, but like West Brom have been at Championship, haven't they? Yeah, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, West Brom were in Premier League not too long ago, were they? That's true. Actually, did we did we play him last time in Championship? Don't think we did. Actually, did we? No, I don't think we did. I've, I've been in uni for nine hours. I've forgotten my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Will says it can't be any worse than compared to the last time we were at the Hawthorns. Yeah, that was when we got relegated back in 2019. Probably 2019. Um, I think they went on to get promoted as well, I think. Or they at least got the playoffs. Um, yeah, so it can't be much worse, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. We'll see. We will, we will see. Um, Powerman UK say maybe, maybe only refs fair games. Possible. Um, right, let's talk about West Brom because we'll talk about it in more detail in a minute, but just briefly on their form. They <laughs> they had won three games in their first 17. They've now won four in a row. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so this is... And people will say, Mick, that, yeah, you've, you've got to play every twice anyway. But there is definitely a good time and a bad time to play teams, and this is definitely the bad time to play West Brom, as it, it appears. Well, if you had played him in the last four games, it would have been a bad time to play him, definitely, quite clearly. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a bad time to play him, but for, for, from a Rotherham United perspective, it's a bad time to play anybody, uh, by the sounds of it. The, you know, with it, we've got this illness running through the camp, which seems to have taken hold again this week. Um, and and we're, we're then going to go away to a, one of the bigger clubs in the division, Um or bigger in terms of pedigree, um, or we're on a really good run. So it's not. It's like it, it doesn't really bode well for the weekend, does it? Ultimately, um, but in, in terms of their recent form, yeah, they've, they've had an upturning form. They've got a new manager in, um, which obviously now uh, it having an impact on on the performances. They could, they, they were always going to be everybody's favourite to be up near the top of the division uh, at the beginning of this season. They, they always are. Um, I don't think that's going to change. I think by come the end of the season, uh, they'll, they'll probably be up there. All you need to do to get up there is to string four wins together, isn't it? In this division, ultimately, uh, or pretty much. So it's going to be a tough afternoon on Saturday. Um, a very, very tough afternoon. 
Um, Kim Hill says they were rushing the first half. They played Monday uh, on Sky. Um, they were rushing the first half, but good in the second half, helped by some poor defending, if memory serves me right. The four games they've won were Blackpool, QPR, who obviously have been in free fall, Stoke, and obviously Sunderland. So they're not playing Burnley. They did lose to Sheffield United in Colbrand's first game. So from that point of view, Danny, I suppose there's no need to be too scared because we beat all them, most of them teams as well. I think we're unbeaten against all four of those teams. Sorry, we lost Sunderland. So unbeaten against three, lost one. So still not to be scared about, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I suppose you can say that about anybody in this division, really. Mm. Um, there's not too much to be scared about. It's just turning up on the day that matters, really. You know, like we said this in the last podcast, we actually turned up against Sheffield United, but we didn't turn up against Bristol City. That is the long and the short of it. And I think with the illness in the camp at the minute, it might be a little bit of a patchwork sort of business, depending on who's like completely been wiped out, who's still like it's a playable standard, shall we say. Mm. Um, I think it's um, Akima Doffin who's still struggling, even though he made the bench. So, yeah. you know, his immune system's quite good, apparently. Um, and then you've got potentially um, Cameron Humphreys and Grant Hall back as well, uh, which could be a boost in the defence, which could be much needed. But it just depends on who's been effect effectively knocked down with the, with the illness. Um, it's, 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 yeah, with this you can't really comment too much because you actually don't know who's ill. You know, if it, 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 it said, oh, such and such is out with um, an ankle injury, then you go, all right, yeah, fair enough. But we've not really had much... Um, line from the club about who is ill, which is fair enough, because that also knocks West Brom's planning of it as well. Yeah. So it's going to be one of them things where we'll know the state of the squads at two o'clock on Saturday when it gets announced, and that's it, basically. It's very much a in-the-dark, wait-and-see sort of business. Um, but hopefully we've just got the good ones that are fit and it can actually breathe properly. So hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Grant Hall apparently is back uh, back from illness, but he obviously did his hamstring prior to the break, so he hasn't done uh, like uh, Matt Tillis in his interview. He's not done much actual football work, so he's not match fit. So even obviously he could play, um, but he's certainly going to be flagging certainly towards the end of the game, even um, <laughs> maybe the start of the game, which is a shame. It's one of the, we have these one or two games every season, mate, don't we? We come on here and we go. I don't know who's going to play and how we're going to play. <laughs> and it appears to be one of those that we just don't know. We could be missing Chio, we could be missing Barlas, or we could just be missing Shane Ferguson and Scott High. So we don't know yet exactly how bad it is. But Matt Tiller did sound fairly downbeat about it, I thought. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be downbeat because, it, it, you know, he's missed a full week of tra- Well, not a full week of training, but was hoping to get a full week of training, which he's not been able to achieve. Uh, and he's got some players that are ill, so uh, it depends on on what's happened since last weekend. You know whether somebody else has come down with it or other players have come down with it. Defensively, in that back three, that whoever is in that back three on Saturday, I, I don't really have a, too much of an issue with it because you know, yeah, Woody was ill. It would appear um, so. It, hopefully, he's going to be better this week. Um, Cam Humphreys was out with an illness. Hopefully, he's going to be better this week. We've got Wes and Lee Peltier as well, who probably we criticised all three of them on uh, from for last Saturday's performances. But I can't see them do it, putting the same sort of performance in again mm. two games on the trot unless they are suffering. Uh, so defensively, it's not it's not a massive issue. At, on the face of it, but obviously, like I say, it's always going to be caveated by the fact that we don't know who is and isn't suffering. So, uh, Grant Hall's not a massive miss for me, as you, as, as you know. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan. Um, I think the other four players that I've just talked about there are, are of higher quality uh, yeah. than he is. That's just my view. I'm not saying I'm right, just, you know, so it doesn't... And there's Jamie McCart, as uh, Harvey Kelwitz just said there in the uh, in the comments. So we're not too badly off back there, I don't think. Unless all five of them, four or five of them, have come down with illness, then we might be. Yeah, then we might be in trouble. Tom, mm. Tommy's at centre half. Yeah, well, let's do it. We might get some fouls given against him. No, it's stupid. Or for him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, usually we say we play better against the good teams. That's true. Uh, Phil Ox says we'll do a usual away performance, decent first half, and then gosh, the second half. Yeah, depending on the issues, we, we, that, we may be snapping your hand off for something like that, to be honest with you. <laughs> when we read the team sheet and Hamish Douglas is on the bench again and whatever else, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, that might be, might be why he's signed today. We might might be signed that day. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting signed up. Harvey Cullip says, uh, thinks McCart should get a chance Saturday. Fitness depending. Let's, let's assume they're all fit because... Because that's where we are. Um, how close would McCart be for you to start on Saturday? Um, hmm. <clears throat> well, we, we know that Humphreys normally plays better when he's deployed next to a senior centre half, and that is normally Grant Hall here in the middle. Um, and then that left hand side, I think it's a, a toss up between Harden if he's on form on that left hand side or potentially Peltier. Um, I think McCart sort of comes into it probably on the left side. Yeah, I think with Peltier being, let's be fair, quite poor against Bristol City, I think that has probably bumped McCart up a little bit. But he played, did he play centrally against Bristol City? Trying to wrap my brain. Yeah, so. I think McCart may be best either deployed in the centre or on that left-hand side, obviously with his left ping that he's got on him. And we saw him come into the game later on and actually made an impact and changed it up a little bit. So that has given Taylor food for thought. And I think if he's deployed like that in the second half, like when you say it could be a typical second-half performance where I run with the cosh a little bit, that could be your option to relieve a bit of pressure. So, for me, I would say McCart on the bench on Saturday. Interesting. Assuming they're all fit. If they're Assuming not all fit, fit yeah. if not all fit, then he can go into the starting eleven easy peasy. Mm. But in terms of the impact he could potentially have later on in the game to bring us out from being under pressure, probably on the bench for me. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I think, Mick, in terms of positions, the only position we're going to look and worried about is in terms of if we've got six players that ill, then that's that's just an issue across the board. Mm. But if you've only got two or three players ill, and let's say one of them is Corin Bramwell, and I don't think he had his best game last week, but if Corin Bramwell's injured, that's an area of the pitch we sort to go right. What now? Because Ferguson's mm. not played, and I don't know how long. It feels like forever that Shane Ferguson's not played. Yeah, yeah. we all know Brooke going on if he can play there, but this is not not his best position. I think everywhere else we've got a couple of players who, as long as it's not loads of illnesses, will be fine. That left side, we look really, really thin to me at the minute. Yeah, it does a little bit. Well, we'll have to wait and see on that. I don't know whether McCart can play that left wing back position. Wes can play out there. Um, you know, so it's it's not a major, it's not a major issue in in that sense, is it? Um, it's the, the it, to me the 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 the, uh, the lineup on Saturday is is purely and simply going to be based on on how bad this illness is, how extensive it is. Mm. Um, and if it, if it really has taken hold, you know, we, we, we could be in trouble. We've got a small squad. Um, so, uh, Harvey Kellick's come up with another... Um, on it tonight, Harvey. He's, he's absolutely on fire. Mm. Uh, obviously, Taladji Bola is now... He, I know he's played in the, the reserve games um, during the World Cup break. Um, so, hopefully, he's going to be back knocking on the door. So, if Colin Bramall is, in, is, is ill or injured, one of those players... Then uh, hopefully uh, Talaji will be there to take his place. It's not a yeah. bad replacement, is it? Let's be fair. I forgot about him too much. Mm-hmm. Like Ferguson's not played. It feels like all season, barely. I, it, I just wonder. I just worry with Bowler whether he's going to be another Mikel Miller. In terms he's injured of, again. Have you seen? I've seen that Miller's out for with another hamstring injury, into so. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder whether Talaji Bowler is. Is of a similar ilk in terms of his susceptibility to injuries. Hope like them, not a glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Injured every time he plays. Ben yeah. is shoulder, and it's interesting. It's funny. <laughs> uh, bless him. Right. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> right, we're going to bring in the scout report. I know the intro because I know the intro, so apologies. But we have Louis with us uh, from the Baggies Pod. How are you doing, Louis? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you guys doing? Very, very good. Thank yeah, you for coming on and uh, chatting with us. <laughs> um, I suppose we, we talked briefly five, ten minutes ago about West Brom. And the question is, is this the worst time of the season to play West Brom? Well, yeah, you you could have had a much better time probably about four games ago, to be fair. You could have had probably a guaranteed three points. I mean, we seem to be boosting everybody's confidence when uh, they came to the Hawthorns. I mean, I think it was Scott Hogan who hadn't scored in something like 18 matches and came and scored a hat-trick at the Hawthorns earlier in the season for Birmingham City. So we seem to be kind of the revivers of a lot of teams. And obviously, I know that yourselves haven't been in the best form of late. But yeah, before Corbrand came, we, we we probably would have been a really nice proposition for any any team to play uh, in the championship. But no, since Corbrand's come in, uh, we seem to be a we seem to be a different different animal. To be fair, it's really odd to see. You know, I never thought that I'd hear myself utter the words that we 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 won four on the bounce. But you know, here we are, and, and Corbrand's come in and, and really turned things around from from Steve Bruce's era. Is there anything obvious that's changed? I don't know. That's an obvious question. But is is it more freedom? Is it more solid? What's up, Mick? I was just about to say. I mean, that 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 as, as a question, it's perfectly obvious what's happened. Steve Bruce has left. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that was starting block number one, I think, really, for the, yeah. for the turnaround. But uh, yeah, yeah, Culverans, I think we're more solid at the back, definitely. He's dropped sort of the, the defensive line a, a little bit, so we're about sort of 10 yards deeper than we were under Bruce. I think Bruce was trying to play this really high line, which was quite odd considering a lot of our defenders are very slow. But Culverans kind of recognised that, and we've got some good sort of box defenders. So we essentially camp out on the edge of the 18-yard box and then we look to break forwards a bit quickly rather than Bruce. We kind of sat quite high up the pitch, tried to almost total domi- totally dominate the opposition with possession. But I think with Corbrand, we're kind of trying to uh, use those turnovers in possession to get forward and counter-attack quite quickly. But yeah, the defence is the biggest thing because we were conceding first in almost every match under Bruce at the start of this season. And Corbrand's come in and and, and obviously we've kept... Uh, we kept uh, three clean sheets before the international break on the bounce um, and and looking much more um, solid defensively. I think that's that's the first thing he came in and worked on. And, and that was the first thing he needed to do, really, because, you, you know, it's a massive task to, to come from one goal down every single game. Uh, and yeah, that's that's certainly something that he seems to have done anyway. The good thing for you guys is that the championship is so compact. If you win another couple of games, you'll be in playoffs probably. So the, that's a bonus <laughs> of the bad start that it's, this season, not other season, you're still within a chance of moving up table quite quickly, aren't you? Yeah, thankfully we did uh, make the change. Um, yes. You know, not and you know it wasn't too late, and just before the uh, World Cup international break as well. So it kind of acted has acted as a little bit of a pre-season for Corbrand to kind of get his ideas in and 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 have some good time working with the players because we we didn't have anybody going to the World Cup, so it wasn't an issue for us. Um, you know, in terms of getting the squad together and getting them all all on the tw- training pitch to work on things. So, yeah, I think as you said, it's so compact, and I think we're we're, we're six or seven points off it now with a, with a game in hand on a lot of teams above us as well. It's it's not too far off, but yeah, it's 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 one of those things. I mean, with with Albion, we tend to get quite carried away with stuff like this. I think we happened quite a few times under under Bruce last season. We we won a couple on the bounce, and then all of a sudden we are back to reality with with where we were. But yeah, this this feels a little bit better than that because we we seem to have uh, eradicated a few of those issues we saw earlier in the season. So hopefully it's not a false dawn for us. But as you said, if we can keep that run of form going, it, it is really compact, especially in the in the top half. I think it's only three or four points separating a lot of those teams. So yeah, it's not not too far away for us. Hopefully, if we if we can string a couple more wins together. Hmm. Um, talk about some players. We've got. I know Semi Ajayi's not played for a while, but I've yeah. got to ask you about Semi Ajayi because every Rotherham fan loves him. Um, I know he's done really well for you, but just tell me how good Semi Ajayi's been for you boys over the last 
years since we gave him to you for next to nothing. Yeah, we we <laughs> we, we nicked him off you for for a really nominal fee. I remember it was it was ridiculous considering he was. I think was he was he in the team of the year that year that that, that you just before Wouldn't you surprised me. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like he was in one of the team of the years that yeah. that that somebody put out. But yeah, he's been incredible. Unfortunately, he won't be there. Tomorrow. He won't be playing tomorrow because I, I think he's injured his shoulder. He's just coming back from a sort of long term ankle injury and and mm. he's just done his shoulder, which is you know the complete opposite end of his body. But you know he's a uh, yeah. He's out for tomorrow and was out um, for the game against Sunderland, but he's been incredible. I mean, uh, he was one of the big reasons that we we kind of held things together under Bruce defensively yeah. because with that massively high line that Bruce was trying to play, Ajayi was so good at sweeping in behind. He's so fast. I mean, he's, he can he, keep up with most strikers, which I think is probably why we, we did so well before he got injured defensively. Yeah. And then as soon as he did get injured, we saw a lot of those cracks starting to appear defensively. But yeah, I, 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 he's been incredible. And um, I mean, especially during that promotion campaign back in 1920 I mean he was he was phenomenal and showed a lot of those um those sort of lung bursting runs forwards I think that you guys got used to it at Rotherham he he, he literally loves just knocking the ball down the touchline and chasing after it and he's got the pace to to cope with it to be fair so yeah absolutely he's been he's been he's been terrific since signing for us and I can't believe we 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 nabbed him off you for for so cheap to be fair because he he really is worth a lot more than that now yeah, he is. Mm. He is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not his best deal we've ever done, to be honest with you. Not all. Um, yeah. Yeah. So much more the players or, or we need to be watching out. So, Tom, I didn't even know Tom Rodgers were at your guys until he scored the other day. That's, he's a really, really good player. We all know Daniel DK was very, very good for Barnsley. Um, any other sort of players that, that have been good for you? Yeah, to be fair, I don't think any of us realised that Tom Rogic was was our player until he until he rocked up on Monday night and put in that second half performance. But no, uh, yeah, that t- Rogic is is one that surprised us on Monday night. He was really really good coming off the bench since signing from for, for, on, a, on a free transfer after being released from Celtic. He's looked. Uh, a little bit off the pace, quite, you know, not not having his match sharpness, really, to be fair. Mm. So when seeing him come on and put in a performance like he did against Sunderland was just a bit, it was a bit odd for us because we've only seen him about four or five times and he's looked off the pace every single time. Mm. And coming on off the bench in that game against Sunderland, he was he was a, a, a different animal. And as you said, DK as well, coming back to full fitness is, is massive for us. But yeah, I mean, Jed Wallace has been incredible since signing from Millwall. Mm. I mean, he's just a, a constant like barrage of crosses from the right-hand side. I mean, that's literally what he does all game. And it's been a shame for him kind of having to cross to, towards people like Carlan Grant and, and Thomas Asante, neither of whom are over six foot. But you've with add DK into the mix. I mean, he's got a perfect target now to aim at. Now he's come back from injury. And I think Wallace, obviously, his numbers look pretty decent in, in terms of goal contributions before um, Monday night. But now I think DK coming back is, is going to mean that, that Wallace has you know a really a much better target to aim at and somebody who can really win those headers in the box. So I think Wallace has probably been our best player and most consistent player this season. I mean, uh, Carl Bartley's been been very good before the international break. Mm. He was a player in that game, actually, against Birmingham that Scott Hogan scored that hat-trick. We're, he, he was hauled off after about 70 minutes and I think we thought that was his Albion career done after... Mm. I think he made a mistake for all three of Birmingham's goals. And I think we thought that was his career done, but uh, at Albion and Corbrand's kind of brought him back into the fold. Um, as you said, he's, as I said earlier, he's a very good box defender uh, and he was being played in quite a high line with Bruce. So he was basically just getting exposed constantly. But now Corbrand's in, he's, he's worked to his strengths and, and he's actually a really big threat from set pieces. He scored twice in two games just before the World Cup break, Bartley. And um, and like Ajay, he's, he's had a bit of an injury over the international break. So he, um, he he is coming back tomorrow for the first game, but he wasn't available for Sunderland. But yeah, he I never thought I'd be saying that uh, about a, about Bartley in an Albion shirt, but he's looking a real threat. So yeah, those two really, Wallace and, and then Bartley upon recent form has been has been very good. So there's, there's two players to watch for you. <laughs> yeah, it worries me that crosses. We conceded all three goals last week from crosses. Um, ah. Down our right hand side. So, <laughs> as, as your left hand side, I hope that's not as strong. No, no, that's Matt Phillips. You'll be absolutely fine. Don't worry. You, you can deal with him quite, quite, quite easily. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. Um, if you can, well, I thought, finish by taking your prediction, please, Lewis. What do you reckon for Saturday? I assume you're going home win. I, th- I think I'll go home win. I'll go two uh, 0 Albion. I think. I think we're looking quite, quite strong at the moment. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go two 0 Albion. I'm, I'm feeling a little, little bit confident. Uh, but yeah, as, as with Albion, it could all come crashing down with, with, with uh, a result not going our way on Saturday. 
<laughs> and if anybody, if anybody, any other fans want to sort of check out your preview of the Saturday of Saturday's game, where can they get a bit more details from the West Brom side? Yeah, so uh, we're on the Baggies podcast on YouTube, uh, all your podcast platforms, of course. Matt, you did a little video previewing the the game on Saturday, so that's out now um, with my thoughts and, of course, your thoughts as well. So, yeah, if you could go and check that out, it's just on YouTube, the Baggies podcast, and then we're on Twitter, Instagram, all the all the usual spaces for for that, for all your Albion content. If any Rotherham fans want to check out pre-match, post-match stuff, we'll be doing a reaction after the game as well. So, yeah, if that's uh, something that Rotherham fans might be interested in, yeah, please do come and check us out. I think if you win, they might tune in for that, to be honest with you. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. If not, people ignore it. <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers to that, Luis. A good luck, obviously, for the rest of the season. After Saturday, obviously. No worries, guys. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers take care. Thank you very much, Luis, for doing that. Uh, I always love doing these scouting reports. We always get so much more information than we can do on our own. Thank you very much for that. Mm. Um, Ian, right, Ian make, make Danny anything you want to sort of... Follow on from what uh, Lou was talking about. Anything that worries you or makes you feel a bit better, or anything? Uh, interesting to, uh, to for him to say that they were quite sluggish at the back um, without a Jay in there as well. That uh, that may well benefit us with the pace that we've got. So that's uh, mm. that's quite interesting uh, because we have uh, clearly, assuming everybody's fit, um, you know, we've got some pace up there. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say. A, um, a cheer and a Washington deployment up front for me. Mm. You know, you've got cheer with that bit of pace and Washington who doesn't stop working. So if we catch him being a bit sluggish, it could be them two that um, just nips in and <clears throat> and provides something. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Because um, like I said, he sort of found the guy who's filling the um, Ajayi hole, if you like. Mm. Um, and then left side might be a bit better, uh, like you said. Uh, and so hopefully they just don't just attack our right side because we will be in trouble. That was, that was a one-off. Well, I hope it was. I hope so. Um, will said I'd, I'd only just got over losing semi. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. How, how much did he go for? It wasn't a lot, was it? it 1.5. Just... Now, there is a sell-on clause, and I think it's quite a healthy sell-on clause. Uh-huh. The problem is, is that that's Xavier's career, where he's probably not going to get that now. Uh, if, if if he's not thirty, he'll be reaching thirty now. Um, so you you know what is he? What is he? Where is he? Where have we got it? Twenty nine. Is mm. anybody now going to pay more than that again for him? Even though he is an amazing player, so that sell on for you now appears. I, to be. I still think they could get rid of decimal point in that one point five million we sold him for, and still get that <laughs> for him though. No, it's, yeah. a, it's a player with Premier League experience. You know, all right, it's what it's one season, but it's still Premier League experience. Yeah, I think the hope from our point of view to defend the club a little bit was that he was in the Nigerian setup, and the hope was that he would go and play for West Brom, play in the Premier League, and be a mainstay for Nigeria, and then his 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 value explodes. But he just never never played in the Nigerian squad for long enough for that mm. to become worthwhile. So now we end up with half what he's actually valued at, um, which is the worry for the people in January, isn't it? Oh well. oh well. Um Ian Bradley says, How come we're still suffering with the illness bug? It is it's twenty twenty two. Can't this take steps to eradicate it? Hook Cam Humphreys and Grant Hall are fit for Saturday. There was talk make of a circuit breaker. Matt Taylor used that word on Monday. They still went in on Monday. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but obviously I would assume he may have done things differently. But then you look at the weather. And he maybe needed to make train money to get on grass for at least a little bit of time. So it's mm. it's yeah. difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a balancing act, and you've got to trust the manager and and staff to do what they think is the right thing. And you know, if they make a mistake and it goes belly up, then that's then so be it. You know, they're commit, they're as committed as we are to this cause, probably more so than some of us. You know, so it, it, you've got to trust them to make the right decision. If it turns out to, end, to ends up being the wrong one, that's life, isn't it? Um, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully, it won't be as bad as we uh, we expect it to be. But that's that's our pessimistic Rotherham United hats coming out. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, it John Mills on, on semi isn't it in last year's contract? No, he's it just at transfer market. He's in contract till twenty twenty five. Wow. So I think I, I think they signed him up when they got relegated. I think. Could be wrong on that. We should rest Lewis, shouldn't we? He's gone now. Um, 
just to sort of tick a few things off, there's no issues of the game being off on Saturday, I don't think. Uh, West Brom do have undersoil heating. Even if the pitch is frozen, they'll still be able to sort that out. Um, it is the highest ground in the country, I think I'm right in saying, so there is always an issue with that. It is. I don't know why I know that, but it is the highest highest ground in the country. Obviously, the altitude difference in England is not very different. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So it's probably very marginal, but it is. is what it the is. highest ground in the country is six feet above sea level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that one's don't worry about it. unless there's unless we have like you know the, the apocalyptic snowstorm. We'll be fine. The game will be on. Don't have to worry about it like it were last week. I'm gonna have to write that one down. It's a good quiz question, that isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it may change if anyone comes up from non-league. It sometimes might change, but it, it certainly was the highest. Hmm. I assume it still is to honest. Um Also worth mentioning, it, it's also on a lot of people to ask this. It's on Sky. This game. It's on the red button on Sky, uh, and it's also on iFollow. Even though it's a Saturday afternoon kickoff. So there are ways to watch it if you can't make it to West Brom, which I wonder is one of the reasons they made it a tenner to make people come. Um, ah. Did you say it was oh. on? You say it was on Sky Red Button. It is on Sky's Red Button. All the championship pictures are on Sky Red Button, or you can pay a tenner for proper coverage and proper commentary. Well, I can't, well, I can't record it on my Sky Box now. That means we're going to lose because every game I've recorded on the box, we've won, <laughs> including um, what was the last one? Um, Gillingham. Was it Gillingham? No, it wasn't Gillingham. No, it wasn't Gillingham. <laughs> it, it, it won this season. Which one was it? Sheffield United, mate. Was it Sheffield United? I don't know. I'm just... Uh, anyway, whichever one it was the last one this season, bless her, Millie drove me home to so I could put it on record. Yeah. And then we went away, and then we won. So... For Stoke. Stoke. That was it. That was it, and we won. So, yeah, because I can't record it, I reckon we'll lose now. Okay. <laughs> um, John Morell says fair fault for the Birmingham fans Friday night in minus eight temperatures. Yeah, good luck with that. Is all I'm going to say. Jesus. Um, there is always the option on Saturday afternoon. You could always stay. You could always watch Croatia against Morocco in the most pointless game in world football in the third place. That's always an option. Um, I don't know who's doing that. I genuinely don't know who's doing that. But there you go. Um, yeah. Move on to some more selection talk. Uh, Mick, striking options. Again, let's assume most people are fit. What would you do? Because Matt Taylor says in the first half we looked okay going forward, and I suppose we did. We still didn't create anything in the first half other than the chance, which took an amazing cross from Brooke North Guffey. We didn't create anything. So does that need a change? I don't I, I, I don't think you should be looking at that last game as a guide to anything, quite honestly. Um, I, I, it's in terms of the actual performance of the, of, of the players, it's, it's so far removed from the vast majority of games that we played this season that to, to, to the point where it, it, for me it's just a bit of an outlier in terms of the level. Um, I, I don't think and I don't expect to see that level on Saturday, I just don't, um, unless. I, I keep saying it or caveat the fact that this 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 illness uh, with this illness, but I, for me, I'm, I'm not seeing very many changes. I, I, I suspect the only changes are likely to be because of unavailability uh, rather than rather than anything else. I just think that performance put it to one side, forget about it, put it to bed. It's not we're not going to see it again until for another four or five games, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, yeah, I suppose the question comes, what happens if we do see it? If we've got a mostly full strength and we see it, again, is this, I don't know, you know what I'm trying to say, though, don't you? Yeah, I do. I understand fully what you're trying to say, um, but we don't know, again, and I feel like I've said this about 50,000 times already in the last 46 minutes, we don't know what effect this, this if it, 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 the assumption is that this is a chest infection, some sort of chest mm. illness, Um that which is going to significantly affect a player's performance on the pitch. And it depends to what degree each player's suffering from it. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not massively concerned about it, but I think to go to, go, go to the Hawthorns and come away with anything anyway, 
no matter whether we were at a fully fit squad or otherwise, um, it would be a big ask. A big ask for most clubs in this division now. Now they're playing to their potential. Um, so, you know, if we can, if we can, you know, sneak a one-all one draw or a nil-nil draw or whatever on Saturday, then that would be an absolute result as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, talking just, just striking in general, Danny, we're... I wasn't going to have issues with Chio up top because he scored goals. He scores lots of goals so far. But there's question marks over it. It's better, we're better, much better on the right-hand side on, on last Saturday. Uh, against Norwich, again, he was much better on the right-hand side. But he does cause problems. You look at the Sheffield United game and Burnley game. As soon as he comes on, he causes them problems. How tempted would you be to say, right, let's just go basic and change it up a little bit? Or do you think it's important to stick with whatever Matt Taylor feels is the right way to go? Um, <clears throat> I think... In terms of if we're going to play long ball, we can't have Chia up top on his own mm. um, because it just goes long and it gets crowded out by the defence and he just doesn't win the ball. Um, he's more effective in that sort of position when we're putting balls into the box because he can run onto it in the six-yard box or just outside the six-yard box like how we scored uh, against mm. Bristol City. Um, but if, if they're, like I say, if their defence is got a little bit of a rep for being sluggish, then you need your workhorse in Washington and your man with a bit of pace in Chio mm. as your two going after the defence. Because if we play the high press with those two there and upset that system, it, it could prove fruitful for us. I think the worst thing we could do is probably deploy one up top against West Brom yeah. because we need to get at their defence. We need to <clears throat> have that option for the high press. Um but also watch their wide men. So I would say maybe a, a more defensive-minded player on the, our left-hand side to watch their right-hand side. Um, but I think if we, if we want to play how we want to play, we need the two up top, I think, to just try and exploit them. If we want to play uh, the same way we did against Bristol City, but slightly better and more cohesive, then we would deploy the one-man up top. I think so. Yeah, for me, it has to be either Chio and Washington or potentially Chio and Kelly, depending on how fit he is as well. You never know, he might be one with chest infection as well. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, no place, still no place for Mr. Eves. Um, I hate to admit it, but Eves is better when he comes off the bench. That's true. You know, we, we saw that against, uh, against Sheffield United and, um, Actually, against Bristol City as well. All right, it wasn't on the pitch for that long to give him an honest rating, but he still put him in about a bit, mm. didn't he? Yeah, did. um, so he, yeah, I, I'd, I'd bring him on later in the game. Like he, he could just upset the defense even more. You know, you, you've been run, run ragged by the quick ones to begin with, and then the big one comes on. You know, it's like switching tactic was equally as tiring, isn't it? Yeah, so, it just causes yeah, chaos, I, doesn't it? Big, the big yeah. man just causes problems. It's like putting centre back up front; it can just cause chaos for a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, John Morell says, "Well, if we lose, we can blame the chest infection. Comply with the thin air, due to the highest ground in the country." Yeah, with you, John. Get excuses at the ready. I like it very, very much. That's what we like to do on this podcast. Um, Chris Page says he's, some, he's somebody who's, who's been suffering with the chest. He got a chest bug and can't shake it off after two weeks. Steroids and antibiotics very persistent. So yeah, it's going around. My wife's in the same boat. She's got antibiotics. She's had it for almost three weeks now. Um, so it, it, it's obviously quite um, quite a strong strain of whatever it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, Ian Bradley also wants to give his will give his uh, vlog a plug from Saturday's game. If you want to go back, it's a good it's a good vlog. But if you go back to watch, it hurts to watch going back and watch this. Right? <laughs> um, he, he, he thinks the Chio goal's possibly offside. Go back and have a look. Let us know what you think about that one. Um, let's do some predictions because let's do some predictions. Uh, I'm going to go first because I've already done the vlog, I've uh, done the video for uh, the West Brom podcast, and I predict 2 0 to West Brom because I think their form is pretty frightening, to be honest with you. Mm. I felt. Um, Mick, what do you think? I'm very disappointed. But, uh, very, very, very disappointed. Uh, I'm going to go one-one. I'm disappointed. You're only going for a draw. I'm sorry. At least, at least we're coming out with something in my in my world. In your world, we're coming out with nothing but embarrassment. 
Two nil's not embarrassment. Two nil's, you know. Danny, what do you think? I think it'll be quite difficult for West Brom to win five on the bounce. That is some achievement, Mm -hmm. winning five on the bounce. Um, But if there's any team that's going to let them do that, it's going to be (laughs) us. Because wasn't it Bristol City's first away win or something? Something like that. yeah. Yeah, against us. So, yeah, you know, I think we're handing out the Christmas presents early this year as a football club. Um but I'm I'm going to say because it's on Sky and we've not I'm not going to say what I said in case I jinx it. Um I'm going to say because because it's a birthday bus, I don't really mind about the result, but because it is the birthday bus, I am going to say we are going to finesse a one nil win. I'd you moved that Danny didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd take a Stoke style one 0 win to finish with. That'd be pretty. I epic. would as well. Um, more of those, please. Uh, Harley Kellogg says one one. Russ Vernon thinks Rotherham will win two one. Uh, Ian Bradley thinks it's going to be three 0 to West Brom. John Morell says he can't back the Tesco bags as he calls them. <laughs> so he's going for one one. Um, <laughs> Phil Oxley says three 0 YouTube user would take a point now. I would take a point now. I said that before the Stoke game. Not what happened. Um, it's gonna be tough. We know this, this, but again, this is what we're in championship for, isn't it? These type yeah. of games, we, we know how big a club West Brom are to go to those kind of stadiums and try and put them under a bit of pressure. All, all I sort of ask is don't make it easy for them. Bristol City couldn't have had an easy day last week, just don't make it easy for West Brom. Um, that's all we can sort of ask for. If we win, we win. We've done that three times so far this season, haven't we? Yeah, you know, we gave, we gave Hull, Sunderland, and Bristol City free passes. Um, I, I, I can't see that happening two games on trot. I'll stand corrected, and I might look a complete idiot on Sunday when when we when we come back. But I just can't see it happening. Um, you know, West Brom will know that they've been in a game, and if they have to, if they if they if they get three points, they'll probably deserve it. Good hope so. Yeah, uh, I think I might have the uh, the lucky charm for Victor getting a clean sheet. Go on, my Sweden shirt. Your says, Sweden shirt. It says Viking one on the back, <laughs> and designed by the man himself. A gift from our friends over the North Sea. What we should say now is that we got we got given one two of those on Saturday by um, some friends of Victor's. So, and we will be give, basically giving one of them away. If Mick, with one one of them is behind Mick, uh, we're going to sort of try and do a sort of a raffle to maybe raise somewhere for hospice. It's a signed Victor shirt. Not worn by Victor, but it's a signed Sweden shirt by Victor, signed by Victor. I, th- so I think the, be- the best way to sell it is it's a future-proofed Victor shirt. So when he eventually gets go. called up by Sweden, you've got it ready to go. <laughs> he will always be Swedish, won't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not always going to be from Rotherham United, but he is always going to be Swedish. Um, so, yeah, that's something we're going to do probably in the New Year, now, to be honest with you, um, because Christmas is in the way. Uh, on Sunday, we will be looking... At not only West Brom game, we're going to go finish off our predictions, go back and look at our predictions for the World Cup. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm feeling really, really smug about my predictions. Um, France Argentina final plays right into my prediction. Um, so we'll have to, we'll, we'll, I don't know how we're going to score it, to be honest with you. I don't fancy Danny's, Danny's chances of Qatar being the under, uh, you know. Dark horses, but you never. You know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, Dean Bradley says anybody daft enough to be playing the World Cup final, watching the World Cup final ITV on Sunday. Yes, yes. Not not an ITV. <laughs> oh, not ITV. Not Sam Matterface and all his mates. Uh, Ian Bradley, are we all Argentinians on Sunday willing ex-Miller M. Martinez to get a World Cup winner's medal? I mean, that would be history. I don't know how mm. I feel about this, Danny, because it'd be history because there'd be a Rotherham player that's going to win the World Cup. And I know he played for us and he did very well for us, but it was only short. Yeah. It almost doesn't feel right. Yeah, it, it's as if he's come here and it's like saying, oh, such and such used to live here. Yeah, but he rented it. He didn't own it, did he? Yeah, um, and, and I mean, it's, as much as I'd like Emmy Martinez to win a World Cup medal, I also don't want him to because you just know that 
the ones up the road in S6 would milk it to death if a yeah, former Wednesday player has won yeah. the World Cup. Um, and I hate to admit it, I'm going to be back in France because I would have rather gone out to the eventual World Cup winners than gone out in a competition to the World Cup runners-up. Mm. You know, I'd rather France go all the way after beating us, then we can go, all right, yeah, fair play. Yeah. I also really don't like Argentina. I'm torn. I want Messi to win it. That would just be an iconic image of Messi winning the World Cup, wouldn't it? It would just be forever. Um, But I also picked France as the winners, so I am pretty torn. Um, Mick, I know you're going to you're going you're going for Argentina, aren't you? Hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Messi is without question the best footballer ever to grace this planet, in my view. He's um, had an amazing after, after that first win in Saudi Arabia. He's had an amazing World Cup. He has, he's been, yeah. He's been I mean, I know he's he's just recently he's become a little bit more um, militant in the way. He, Performs and um, pitch, and he's had a few uh, a few falling overs, but uh, that's not been his career. Unlike some players that we can uh, we can mention, so yeah, it will be great. It'll top his career off, um, and and I, I'm I'm not a fan of France at all um, for for reasons that we discussed last night. So yeah, I'll be back in. I'll be back in uh, Messi to to last be night. Him, Hey, last night. Oh, which I was banging on about Mbappe, weren't I? Oh, right, okay. I thought he was supposed to be a good player, and uh, I get it. I get it. Who's disappointed in him cheating little gits? <laughs> okay. Uh, Russ Vernon says like, I saw some highlights of the four-three Argentina yes. uh, France final four years, um, and and, he, and Mbappe even managed to dive to get a penalty in that, didn't he? Unbelievable <laughs> scenes. We lasted 57 minutes without a big rant. One of these days, we will get through the full hour. <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm just, he's not I'm interested, just interested, except he's just had a big rant about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russ Vernon says, I hope he's got Argentina's got, got, got them in the sweepstake. That's brilliant. My wife had Morocco, which is one of those you point at the start and you think, oh, God. And then they get through to a third place. I think they're playing at top three as well. So we might be getting something from that, which is a bonus. Mm. Um Morocco have been a hell of a side in this competition. Um, they've been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I thought they were quite unlucky against France, to be honest. Uh, if they could finish, they'd have, they'd have, oh, yeah. they'd have absolutely walked that game. Um, so, you know. So. It's been a great World Cup. The football this World Cup has been sensational. Semi-finals were a bit underwhelming because the teams were particularly But the football has been brilliant. It's been one of the best World Cups ever. On football, from, a, from a footballing point of view, from otherwise, obviously not. But yeah, for, for the pure shock factor, it's been one of the best World Cups. You know, like you say, who would have thought Morocco would get to a um, as far as they did? You know, mm. that's absolutely incredible. And aren't they like the first African country to get that far as well? Mm. Yes, like that, that's, that's absolutely incredible. So, and you know, like the big teams, you know, like Germany floundering, Spain floundering, and Portugal as well. Um, it's it's been one hell of a competition, to be fair. Yeah. It's just a shame there's all the stuff surrounding it that's happened. But thankfully, yeah. my superstition of it's been one of the worst PR World Cups ever, and England were to win it. So thankfully, that's not happened. So now we can bottle the Euros on home soil later on. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, we'll go in in Germany's back garden in eighteen months' time. That'd be pretty special. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Ian Bradley finished on Mor- if Morocco would be brilliant. If that overhead kick had gone in, mm. uh, I were half about my chair, waiting for it to hit back at that yeah. moment. It would have been amazing. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Thank you all for being with us. We will be back on Sunday evening. Uh, Mick, special guest on Sunday evening? Yes, we have. We have a special guest coming on. Uh, Lee McMahon Ooh. will be on with us on uh, Sunday night for a uh, quarter of an hour, uh, talking about his new album. And uh, hopefully, uh, they dropped me off in Rotherham which is part of that. And then uh, obviously we'll be talking Millers with him as well. So he'll be on hopefully around about quarter past half past eight on the, on Sunday evening. So uh, look forward to that. Yeah. It, it, mm. I think I'm thinking right and saying, I think drop me off in Rotherham, both the old and the new version are on iTunes, Spotify from Friday. You can still download it from, from Lee's website and the album, album of Providence is very good. We'll talk about that on Sunday. And then like I said, next Thursday 
if you want to do Christmas stuff where it's Christmas time, I could, uh, I could have last year was a lot of fun. Um, mm. So if we can get anywhere near what we did last year, I'd tune in if I were because it was good. It was really, really good. Um, we'll, be, that's, we'll, we'll, we'll preview the Stoke game. We'll do Christmas quizzes. We'll talk about Christmas nonsense. We'll just have a good old time. Uh, and please feel free to join us. That with Thursday evening, obviously, for the YouTube live, and then Friday morning for the audio podcast. Please subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already, uh, and I just Spotify, wherever you're doing that as well. Mick, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. Hopefully, really? we're not ranting on Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah I'll be here. Yeah, thank you. Danny, pleasure to have you with us, mate. I'll see you Sunday as well. Yeah, uh, hopefully I'm not too, too hungover on Sunday. So yeah, we can do it on over. Let's see, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just be there with like some sort of hot water bottle on my head, <laughs> just like <laughs> exactly. Right, see you all next time. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood is dead again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, here's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.